0: We are wrapping up a series today that we've been in for the last three or four weeks, but I wanna let you know that we're starting a brand new series next week. It's called Better For It, and we're gonna talk about how to be better for the tough times we've all been through in the last month, six months, maybe for you, it's been the last six years. So I'd love for you to come next week, invite someone that maybe needs some insight on how to get through hard times, and we're gonna work through that together. But today, we're wrapping up this series called The Beginner's Guide to Predicting Your Future, and if you're joining us for the first time, you're kindly coming into the end of the movie so I want to catch you up just a little bit we've been talking about this principle that applies to any time we're trying to get somewhere driving geographically hiking through the woods and the principle is simply this that direction not intention determines our destination. And you know that, the direction I go determines where I end up, not my intentions. I can intend to get down to Florida, but if I get on I-75 and go north, I'm probably not gonna make it. No matter how much I intend to get down to Florida, no matter if I pack my snorkel, my fins, my Speedo, not that I wear a Speedo, I promise you, but even if I pack that, it's not gonna get me down to Florida if I go in the opposite direction. And that's all true when we go, yeah, yeah, that's true whether you're a church person or not a church person, but that's also true in every area of life. That's also true, that direction, not intentions, impacts our destination. In our marriages, in the way we handle our finances, in our profession, every area of life. And here's the good news about this principle. You may have showed up here today and you're like, I'm not sure I believe in God. I'm not sure I buy into the whole Bible thing or the Jesus thing. I'm just here looking for insight. This principle is true whether you believe in God or not. It just happens for those of us that do believe in God. We think he really says speaks into that now last week you were if you were around you heard us talk about a question that peter asked peter one of jesus's closest followers helped launch the early church amazing man of faith when the followers of jesus when his closest disciples were thinking about leaving jesus and going in a different direction jesus looked at him and said hey are you guys thinking about leaving too Because we're going in a direction. Are you guys thinking about leaving? Because it's getting kind of hard. And you know this, when things get hard with God, sometimes we want to bail. That's why you've got to be here next week to walk through this series with us. Peter looks at Jesus and says, Jesus, I know it's hard, but to whom shall I go? Where else can I find the words of eternal life? Where else can I find a path that leads me to a destination that's strong and good and right? And we talked about as we choose a path, we need to choose a path that runs right through the heart of God, which is specifically Jesus. And then we invited a bunch of you, all of you, to become Jesus followers. And we've heard stories that some of you decide to say for the first time last week, you know what, I'm going to start this journey. And some of you said, Jesus, I'm not going to just start this journey. I'm going to surrender, I'm going to surrender to your direction with everything I have and not just that I'm going to trust you with the destination this is where the rubber meets the road Jesus I want to follow you for eternity to have forgiveness and eternal life with you but I'm also I'm going to trust you with every area of my life because I believe that you make life better and you make me better at life and here's what a lot of us have found we just can't waste any more time can we and we can't waste one more day, one more year, one more hour, because time is our most precious thing, and we want to try and get this right. And as we walk through today, if you would look back and go, listen, I haven't, I haven't got a lot of things right in my life. I've, I've done a lot of wrong things. I would tell you, you're in the perfect place, we are all figuring out together. One of our favorite things to say at LifeHouse, it's okay to be a mess. It's okay to be a mess. You came in here a mess. It's okay. We just don't want you to stay a mess today. So... Back to our principle we've been working through for this whole series, that direction. I just wanna say this one more time, I'm in love with this idea. Direction, not intention. Intention doesn't get you anywhere you know that. Having an intention of a good marriage, a good life, a a good career, doesn't get you there. It's the direction you take, it determines where you end up. The last principle we wanna add to this today is this. But often, often, It's the things or people that get our attention that influence our direction. You know when you look back at your life and you would say, that grabbed my attention. Have you ever said that? Or she captured my attention. Or he grabbed my heart. Those are all kind of in the same thing. For me, I can tell you about 1990 when I was working at a summer camp and I was trying to learn some material. It was a horse camp because I thought I was going to be a cowboy. And I'm trying to learn some stuff about horses. I didn't know anything about horses. And this beautiful blue-eyed girl walked by and said hi to me. She immediately grabbed my attention, and I could give a rip about horses the rest of that day. i like, who cares about horses? That is someone that's grabbed my attention. And she grabbed my attention for the rest of the summer, for the next two years. We got married. She's grabbed my attention for the last 20 years eight years. Sometimes she grabs my attention by hitting me with a shoe in the back of the head when I don't pick up my dirty underwear. But she's grabbed my attention for a long time. Her name is Tina. She's my wife. Um, In 2001, I was a young, young pastor trying to figure out how to do church a little differently. And we were trying all kinds of stuff. We were just throwing jello at the wall, seeing what stuck and seeing what would work, and see what we could try next. And I found myself at a conference. I was listening to a guy named Dan Sutherland. I'll never forget it. And he started talking about how a church doesn't just have to show up and sing some songs, do Sunday school, and have a sermon. And that's all there is, that a church could actually be on a mission they have mission and a purpose to reach people and help people really grow and get rid of all the sideways energy and all the fighting and all the confusion and make things clear so people understood about God's love and his desire to know them personally. And it just grabbed my attention. I'm listening to this gentleman speak and it grabbed my attention. It changed the course of my career forever. It's one of the reasons why we are here today. It grabbed my attention. Those are defining moments in my life. You, you could tell defining moments in your life about good things that grabbed your attention, couldn't you? The other thing I can tell you about, but I'm not gonna tell you about them today, are the negative things that have grabbed my attention. The negative things that I was enamored with, that I saw like, yeah, that's really shiny, that's really cool in that direction, and I wish I would've ignored. I bet you have those too, that there's some things in your life that you went, he's really cute, she's really pretty, That event's really fun, and I'm going that way, and at the other side of it, you wish, I wish I would have never paid attention to that at all, because it led you in a path you wish you wouldn't have gone. And usually those things that grab our attention, i just think about this, the things that grab our attention, which means they grab our hearts, has a strong emotional component to it. Like our heart just gets pulled in a certain direction, and we're just going down through life, and we're kind of going in a good direction, and something just grabs us. I mean, it literally looks like a dog, and all of a sudden the dog goes, squirrel. You ever seen that in the, that funny cartoon? I don't know which one that is. Squirrel, I'm going this way, my family's going okay, my life's going okay, squirrel. It, it's this principle, thank you. It's this principle, it's this principle that attention influences every time direction, and direction has a destination, and a lot of the time, It's not always so good, think think about this. The things that capture your attention, just because you glance that way, and there she was. And you thought, I probably shouldn't go over there, but I'm going her direction. I probably shouldn't accept that offer, but I'm gonna go in the offer's direction, because it just grabs my attention. Now, things that grab our attention, this is a big difference, are different than the things we pay attention to. What grabs our attention is usually emotional. It's usually an impulse. It's usually something you know in our pleasure center that says, i got to be part of whatever that is. But the things that I pay attention to are intentional. Like, I intentionally want to go down this path as a dad or as a human being. Professionally, in my education, in my morality, whatever it is, it's intentionality. And let me ask you a question for some of you. How different would your life have been 10 years ago if you paid attention to different things than you paid attention to? It's a hard question, isn't it? How different would your childhood have been if your mom or your dad or both parents paid attention to the things that they should have paid attention to as opposed to just letting things grab their attention and take you in different directions? How different would your children's life be if you decided to do this today? A couple general principles I I just hope you can hang on to. What grabs our attention or captures my attention is generally dangerous for me. Because I'm a married man, but I look that way and she caught my eye and I just went that way. I got that proposal. I mean, I had this steady thing going. I was moving forward professionally, and then there was this flyer of an opportunity with promised wealth overnight, and I just decided to go that way and dump all my money into that whatever it was, and I lost it all. It's it's capturing my attention, but it's dangerous for me. The guys, the guys, they just kept calling. They just said, keep coming over, and I said I wasn't gonna go over there. I told my wife I wasn't gonna go over there anymore because every time I go over there, I get into trouble, and then they went on a trip, and they kept calling and asking me, and I finally said yeah, because I just felt engaged to do it. And then I really regretted it, now I'm paying the price. What grabs my attention generally, captures my attention generally, is dangerous for me. On the other hand, what I choose to pay attention to is generally good for me because I've sat down and I've decided this is the direction I want to go I want to pay attention to it and it leads me typically in a really good place it directs me towards success it is just a true principle across the board whether you believe in God or not this is true of our lives and we can see it all around us now if I just said that's all we're gonna think about today and we all did that we could go home and our lives would be better wouldn't they Our lives would just be better. Everyone in the world would benefit. I mean, oh my goodness, if we could just do this with politics right now on both sides of the aisle, our world would be a better, better place. But we just struggle with it. But we should. But here's the interesting thing, and this is why we don't get to go home just yet or tune off your televisions, computers, iPhones just yet. We believe there's a God. Does that surprise you that I believe that there's a God? And you're like, hey, I showed up at church and our lead pastor thinks there's a God. Yeah, I think there's a God. And not only do I think there's a God, I think there's a God that cares about your life. And he wants to be in the middle of all this and help sort this out. Out. and so what we're gonna do is something a little different today. We're gonna to look at several different passages of Scripture that talks about this thing. Usually we like to take one passage and work through it, but today I want you to see this theme all throughout the Scriptures. And what I hope is you're gonna think, man, I didn't know this was in here. I should read my Bible more. I hope you think that today because there's so much helpful stuff. And we're gonna start out in the Old Testament or the, what would be called the ancient Hebrew Scriptures if you're a Jewish person. And they were the scriptures that were recorded for the Israelites thousands of years ago that defined their relationship with God. And we're going to start in a place called Deuteronomy. It's a book that Moses wrote, you know, like Moses, let my people go, Moses. And he writes to the Israelites about their relationship with God. And look what he says in light of what we've been talking about. He says, if you pay attention, there it is, if you pay attention, it's a huge principle, to the laws and are careful to follow them. So you can't just pay attention. Intention's not enough, you gotta follow them. That's kind of a makes sense kind of thing. Then the Lord your God will keep his covenant of love. And I thought about this phrase, covenant of love, because sometimes when I think of the Old Testament, I think of just laws and you're in trouble and punishment, but really what God had with his people, and they were his people, the Israelites, was a covenant of love, man, I love you so much, I want you to go in the right direction. With you as he swore to your ancestor. Now, here was the deal God had made with the Israelites thousands of years ago. You're my people. I have a purpose for you, I have a plan. Jesus is gonna come to the planet through your lineage, but I need you to stay on a path. And when you stay on the path, I'm gonna be able to bless you and give you energy and inertia, and you're gonna accomplish amazing things. You're my people. But if you decide to get off the path or not pay attention to where you're going, to get captured by other things like idols and sexual mess and all those things, when you go that way, and this is a big deal for some of you, it's not like you're not my people anymore. You're still my people. I still love you. You're still my children. But I'm going to have to discipline you to bring you back so you don't completely destroy yourself. Pause for just a minute. And this is a tough thing to say, and I wasn't even gonna say this, but some of you are here because you feel like you're on the brink of destruction. You're in the right place, because your heavenly father hasn't quit loving you. Maybe he just doesn't want to see you completely melt your life down. And so what God would do with the Israelites, he would discipline them to the point, at one place in history, they were like um, whatever, thrown into another country for 70 years. It was a terrible, discipline but he was trying to bring them back he was their heavenly father and he loved them so that's what Moses writes then King David comes along you know this amazing king David and Goliath David and this is what David said he says direct me in the path of your commands and the word path is another you know word picture for direct my attention turn me in the right way God I believe you're personal I believe you're real I believe you want to play a part in my life so would you would you you Would you direct me? Would you point me in the place that I want to go? The path of your commands, for there I will find delight. And David's talking about something so many of us have found, that there is joy and there is hope and there is life. When we follow God, not just saying I'm a Christian, not just saying I'm a Jesus father, but actually following him. He goes on, he says, turn my eyes. In other words, turn my path, turn my gaze, turn my direction, away from worthless things. You see, David had found something. He had realized that the worthless things that he pursued, like, and this is just, when you read the text, you'll find this, like another man's wife. He pursued another man's wife. That's why you gotta read the scriptures, it's so juicy. He pursued another man's wife. Had her husband killed so he could have her. Lost his reputation, lost his integrity. We're talking about David's story years later and he would say, yeah, at the end of my life I look back and the thing that I gazed at and that I wanted so much turned out to be worthless and I wish I wouldn't have done that. And God still loved David and, listen, this is hopeful, use David. But David goes, I wish I would have never wasted time being captured in that direction. Instead, I wish I would have paid attention to that. And this is how you get to a place where you have regrets. David says, "You know, turn my eyes away from worthless things, preserve my life according to your word. Because God, I believe every time you speak to my direction and I'm intentional about it, it leads me to where I need to go. The wisdom here is unbelievable. That's why the next person we're gonna hear from is Solomon. Known as the wisest person that ever walked on the planet, he was David's son. Solomon is speaking most likely to a young group of boys or men who could apply to women just the same, but in those days he was probably coaching up some young men. He says, "Young guys, listen, listen, listen. Let your eyes look straight ahead, woo, because you know, boys." When she walks in the room, you don't want to look straight ahead, you want to look at her, right? And she doesn't make it easy not to look at her boys. You look at her, you know where that's going. Look straight ahead. I have a friend that years ago, I was talking to him. He was in he was in sales and he traveled a lot. And he had an expense account that was bigger than most of our salaries in the room. He had this huge expense account. I was so like enamored with it, because he got to go all over the country with his massive sales account, you know, drop into nice hotels, eat great food, go do whatever you want wine and dine clients, so I'm talking to him, I'm like, this just must be the greatest thing in the world, and he said, yeah, but it gets tiring after a little while, I know, but you get, you get to go anywhere you want in the cities that you visit, he says, you know, I got a rule, and here's my general rule, I try and meet with clients over lunch, do whatever I do for the sales, and when it turns dark outside, I'm tr- every night I'm trying to be in my room eating room service, well, I've never eaten room service, so I'm not sure what that's like, but getting room service delivered to my room, because I know this, Nothing good happens when you travel on your own at night. Yeah, but you can just like go down to the hotel bar and have a drink and hang out in a cool environment or go out to a, yeah, but see, that's where guys like me get into trouble. I'll never forget him saying that. That's where guys like me get ourselves into trouble. And I got a wife and I got some kids I got to go home to. And I want to have a wife and kids to go home to. And it's not like he was saying he never goes out to dance or to a hotel bar. When he goes, he just brings his wife or someone to hold him accountable. That's exactly, exactly what Solomon's saying. Keep your eyes straight ahead. I have another friend. He had pretty serious surgery recently, and I asked him, how's the pain? He goes, that's pretty intense. I asked him if he's taking pain meds. And there's nothing wrong with taking pain meds when you're in pain. But he, he said, no, I'm not taking any pain meds. I'm suffering through it. And I'm like, why? He said, well, because years ago I had knee surgery and I took some pain meds. And I liked them. And it was time for me to stop taking the pain meds. I kept taking pain meds. And then I found ways to find pain meds that I shouldn't have. And I got addicted. And it went down a whole road that I had to undo. And Solomon would go, yeah, yeah, young men, young women, older men. Keep your eyes straight ahead because you don't know what's coming next. Fix your gaze directly before you. He goes on, he says, do not, do not swerve because when you swerve is where you get into trouble. To the right, to the left, keep your foot from evil. And this is so true in every area of our lives And, and the principle is this, where my eyes go, where my heart goes, my life goes, And if I'm gazing from left to right, I'm going to go in some directions that aren't great for me. But if I'm intentional about the path that I'm on, if I pay attention, that's where my life and my heart will follow. Now, Jesus comes along thousands of years later. And you know, Jesus, that was part of all this Old Testament history. He comes along like God in a body, and he sits down and Matthew, his friend, is there. And Matthew writes this down, what Jesus said. Jesus said, the eye is the lamp of the body. And we're a little like, what? Yeah, the eye is a lamp of the body. In those days, they didn't have electricity, as you know. And so when you went out in the dark, you carried a lamp. Do you ever remember your dad or your grandpa having one of those big Coleman lamps? My dad would light a lamp because we were too cheap to have flashlights, because flashlights use batteries, and we were a cheap family. We didn't get flashlights, you had to use the lamp. And he'd light that thing, and the Coleman lamp would go, oh, do you remember that? I mean, I love that lamp. And that's how we would see. Well, that's what Jesus is saying. In those days, they'd light a lamp. Sometimes they'd put it on a pole and hold it out in front of them. And wherever the lamp goes, you go. The eye is the lamp of the, the body. If your eyes are healthy, that's just a Greek word for wholesome, pure, holy. If your eyes are healthy or holy or pure, your whole body will be full of light. And again, he's just saying again, reiterating, you have a choice, I have a choice. We can fix our eyes on what's good and whole Or we can look into the darkness. Now, I didn't know how to say this without sounding like an old-fashioned, crotchety old pastor, but let's just be honest in the culture we live in. I mean, it used to be what we turn on in the TV, but now it's what we flip on on Netflix. It's what we watch on YouTube. It's what we see on our phones. I mean, there's a lot of dark stuff that represents marriage, morality, faith, integrity, being honest, being dishonest that we just fill up our lives with. And Jesus isn't like mad at us about that. He just says, yeah, but that's probably darkness that's going to lead you into more darkness. Pay attention where you gaze and where you look. It's a choice every day. And you know how you watch something, or you hear something, you read something, that you would say, no, 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 I'm not doing that. Then, then it just kind of creeps in and you're like, well. You got a friend that goes, come on, come on, just do it, don't worry about it. It'll just hurt your marriage a little bit. Well, just come on. And we just kind of go that direction. Jesus goes, yeah, be careful. Because your eyes, your heart, it's a lamp to the rest of your life. That, that, that's why we talk about attention leads to direction, leads to destination. One more quick passage from Hebrews, which was written to some Christian Israelites, Christian Jewish people. The writer of Hebrews says, we must pay more careful attention, there's our word one more time, therefore to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. This is a picture of being distracted. And I know I'm just pressing this saying, but we've seen it so many times in our life. We have to pay attention because attention attention leads us to direction and there's always a destination. And that destination is something you can regret or something you can be thankful for. Now, here's what's so interesting about this. We see this in other people so easily. In fact, we say this all the time. For some of you I'm, sure you, wish you, I'm sure you wish your adult son was listening to this right now. Maybe you're sitting on the couch at home and you're hoping your husband or you're hoping your wife does not stand up to go get a cup of coffee right now because you want them to hear this. In fact, he's standing on them right now and you got him by the drawers pulling him down saying, sit your butt down. You got to hear this. Maybe you're doing that right now. I get it. It's been done to me a lot. I, I'm with you. We see this in everybody else, but this is so difficult to see in our own personal life. And can I just press on you for a minute? Someone probably has told you about this. Someone has probably pointed something out about a direction that you're going, a path that's grabbed your attention. And for most of us, certainly me, our response is to be so defensive, to be so like, no, 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 you don't understand. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. I want to go there. And Solomon and David and Moses and Jesus would say, you would be wise to pay attention to this. I talk about this all the time. Do you know why I'm so protective of who my kids date? Because I'm their father. Now, they're adults now, so they're making their own decisions. But I'm so protective of who my kids date because I am their father. And I know where that leads. Well, it's just... No coincidence that God calls himself your heavenly father, and he really cares about what grabs your attention. So, let me wrap this whole series up with just two questions I think you should think about and talk about maybe with your small group, your community group. The first is what's grabbed your attention? What's grabbed our attention? I mean, we're coming off the end of a summer and it's been a summer like no other and we've been hanging out at home and maybe you just drifted for some, th- some things that you said you never drift into. Like that whole wine with divine thing and it's funny, you know, you post about it and you did it once and you're like, ah, it ain't once. i become an afternoon drinker. You drifted. Maybe it's a weekend drinker, an everyday drinker and now all of a sudden, alcohol's got a bigger hold on you than you thought it would. What do you do with that? Where have you drifted in this? Maybe, maybe for you, it's a hobby. It's a hobby that you thought, I'm just gonna do a little bit, and there's nothing wrong with hobbies, and now you found yourself doing it all the time, and you got little kids at home, and mama's at home with the little kids, or dad's at home with the little kids, but you're doing this hobby, and you listen, you just kinda drift in that direction, but the precious days of your children's lives are drifting away. Men and women, you do with this what you want, but men, Especially if you're married. I mean, you drifted towards her and she ain't your wife. You're texting her, you're calling her, you're talking to her, you're Facebooking her. Maybe you've actually, you're seeing her. And it might end up costing you more things than you ever thought it could. Come on, let's not do that. Drift into intentionality of what matters most. And this is the thing that we would say, listen, that's not going to happen to me. I mean, I'm just looking, I'm just glancing, it's just got my attention, but I'm not going to go down a road that's going to get me into trouble. You know what the Bible would call you and call me when we say that? And I would never call you this, but this is what Jesus would say, well, that's foolish thinking, which makes you a fool. You see, this is not a principle you break, this is a principle you break yourself against, and I hate to see all the broken pieces that come out of it question I think we need to ask ourselves is, what do you need to begin giving more attention to? I mean, if you would say, yeah, yeah, Matt, listen, I have drifted away from faith. I just want you to know God is not angry at you. He just wants you to drift back towards it. We have this environment called starting point because we want to give you some steps today. Starting point is anybody that feels like they need to get their faith moving in the right direction. I would love for you to be a part of that. We have an environment called Financial Peace University. And you would say, listen, I, I need to start paying attention to my finances because my finances are a mess. Go to Financial Peace. It is the best financial get-yourself-back-in-order thing I have ever seen or been a part of. For you, maybe it's the marriage deal. Like you just feel like my marriage has just drifted. Well, what intentional thing can you do to get that back in order? Maybe for you it's counseling. Maybe for you it's confessing. Maybe it's for you you just need to make her, make him a bigger priority than yourself. I mean, it's a hard, challenging thing. It may be your health. It may be your education. Parents, can I just say this? And I know this is a lot, and I don't want to send you out of here feeling like you're all beat down. Parents, can I just give you a warning from a dad who has his kids fully grown? If you wait for your children to become teenagers, to get them involved in something like our student environments, often it is just too late to do that. Like, hey, my 15-year-old, now he needs God. And I'm going to make it real intentional. We'll walk beside you and we'll help all we can. But when they're two, when they're six, and when they're eight, that's the time to start doing this. And parents, let me just say this. If we all close down again, which could happen. I know it's a bummer. It could happen. You're the front line now and then to teach your kids about God. It's an intentionality that you will never, ever, ever regret. And not to mention, Jesus died for all this. Jesus gave everything for this so you could have a better life. Can you imagine your Heavenly Father looking at you and with a big heart, full of love, couldn't love you anymore, I couldn't love you any less, going, I want what's best for you. Pay attention. Because attention leads to direction, leads to destination. Um, I have this folder on my computer. Actually, I have two folders on my computer. Um, One is called Big Love, and one is called Big Mistakes. And the Big Mistakes folder I've been collecting over the years is when people send me emails or notes or messages through all kinds of ways now, where they just kind of talk about how awful their life is and what a mess their life is. And sometimes, just so you know, I anonymously will read them to my kids when they're growing up. I said, listen to this, guys. This is what happens when this happens in your life. And I'd read it to them. I, I, I borrowed that from Andy Stanley. The other folder is big love. And the big love folder contains these stories of people that have said, you know what? I have found God. And it's changed the direction of my life. And it's made my life better. And it's made me better at life because God is the founder of both. And my favorite thing when I go back and I read those two folders is when someone will send me an email that says big mistakes, I've screwed up, my life is disastrous. And six months later or a year later, or 10 years later, they'll send me an email and go, you know what, God did this. And it wasn't just because God loves me. I knew God loved me. It's because I started following what God asked me to follow. And when I did and I paid attention, my life changed, and now I'm here. And sometimes it ends in a baptism. Sometimes it ends in a family being put back together. Sometimes it ends when addiction stops. They're just amazing stories. And I love the outcome when people decide, listen, I'm going in this direction. I would just tell you this. If you've heard me speak this morning and you're like, oh, Matt, that is so heavy. There is hope for you because Jesus died for you. And he personally to you says, come on, come on, follow me. Pay attention to me and my principles and who I am. Maybe turn off some of the stuff from our culture and follow me. And we'll figure it out together and get help from other people. And the church that you love and loves and you. And that's an invitation to everybody in the room. So come on, let's do this. Let's pay attention to what matters most and let it take us in a direction that has a destination that we're happy we went on. And someday, and someday the destination will be in sitting in the kingdom of God going, I'm so glad, I'm so glad. I gotta be a part of what Jesus was doing on the planet. But it's always gonna be a choice. It's always gonna be you know, what you're paying attention to versus what grabs your attention. And today's a great day, with God's help, with each other's help, to do that. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I am so grateful for the words of Moses and David, Solomon and Jesus and the writer of Hebrews that just keeps encouraging us to be intentional in following you. And thank you, Jesus, that while Your commands are simple. They're certainly difficult. But the simplicity of them gives us hope in a direction to go on and after. And I pray for anybody in this room that feels like, listen, I'm just too much of a mess to even start this journey. Lord, that they would have hope that you can help lead them through with your power and your love and your very spirit that can walk them in the right direction. But Lord, we got to choose to follow you. So help us to do that. Thanks for your love and letting us love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.